How did you piece together that this was the food that was making you feel this way? Well, I noticed that I really needed to pay attention to what I was eating. Um, about four years ago at an airport, I noticed there was blood in my stool. And I didn't necessarily think anything of it. Um, I was just like, huh, that's weird. Um, and so until about a year ago, I didn't even say anything to anyone about it because I didn't think that there was necessarily anything super wrong with it. It wasn't a lot. It was just noticeable. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I. I started noticing when I would eat beef, burgers, or anything really, I would get, I would notice mucus in my stool. And I was like, that's not normal. And I work in the food industry, so being having to use the restroom often is not very, you know. It's not an environment that's conducive to taking long breaks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but also, I always noticed that I was allergic, or that certain things bothered my throat, that right. I couldn't eat certain things and it would just itch. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. And welcoming special guest, my niece, Melissa Moore. Okay, Melissa, I'm so excited. <laughs> First of all, because we no longer live in the same state, though we used to live in the same house, and now you're back in Illinois, but you're visiting me here in D.C. for a few days, so thank you for coming to see me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And of course, thank you for taking some time to share your experience around food and food-related um, intolerances, we'll say. Yeah. So we just had a recent episode around allergies, um, and I... I sometimes struggle to use that word because I think when you say you're allergic to something, people expect that you're going to fall out on the floor and, you know, be gasping for air if you ingest accidentally or intentionally something um, for which you have this allergy. But as we talked about a little bit in that episode, and, and it's been my experience, that's not always how allergies present themselves. So do you have any food intolerances? <laughs> um, yes, I do, actually. I have quite a few. Um, dairy is probably the biggest intolerance I have. Dairy just does not like me. Um, and it's really unfortunate because, as you know, dairy can be really, really tasty. Oh, the best. <laughs> um, but not just that. Um, there are some raw nuts and vegetables like celery and carrots and sometimes almonds that bother my throat um, and just make it itch. Uh, also, soy milk, um, raw soy. I can uh, eat like tofu if it's cooked or edamame because it's been steamed. But mm -hmm. anything that hasn't been cooked a little bit uh, just bothers me really bad. Um, and as I've gotten older, since I was about 20, I've noticed that— Are you so old? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that— um, Beef really bothers me, specifically beef. Um, so— yeah, it's just been a journey trying to figure out exactly what I should, what, what I can tolerate and what makes me feel better. Yeah. So I, I always find it interesting. My experience with discovering my food intolerances wasn't really because I had any recognizable symptoms. It wasn't until I cut those things out and then ingested them again that I recognized that, oh, my body's been trying to signal me for some time that this is a problem. But I think, you know, when you're used to eating something, then you're always in distress. And so your body doesn't know how to, 
you know, stand on the table and wave its arms and get your attention. But when you take something out of your diet, then you have the opportunity to really hear what it is that you um, don't respond well to. So for me, I was able to get a blood test where they said, hey, here are the substances that we tested against. Here's how you responded or reacted to each of these things. And then for every item, there was a scale of what was considered normal or low, you know, intolerance, medium, and then high. And the doctors said basically, cut out anything that you choose, but um, we would highly recommend that anything where you scored a medium or high, you take a hard look at trying to remove that from your diet, at least for a while, to see how you respond to it and if you feel any better. So that's what I did, and, and lo and behold, uh, when I do go back to eat those things, I found that it's uh, either a digestive discomfort or some sort of um, reaction like with my skin or even you know like a brain fog and almost comatose <laughs> response when it comes to gluten at least. So with you, how did you know that you, how did you piece together that this was the food that was making you feel this way? Well, I noticed that I really needed to pay attention to what I was eating. Um, about four years ago at an airport, I noticed there was blood in my stool. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily think anything of it. Um, I was just like, huh, that's weird. Um, and so until about a year ago, I didn't even say anything to anyone about it because I didn't think that there was necessarily anything super wrong with it. It wasn't a lot. It was just noticeable. Mm -hmm. um, and also I, I started noticing when I would eat beef, burgers or anything really, I would get I would notice mucus in my stool. And I was like, that's not normal. And I work in the food industry. So being having to use the restroom often is not very, you know, it's not an environment that's conducive to. Taking long breaks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but also, I always noticed that I was allergic or that certain things bothered my throat, that okay. I couldn't eat certain things and it would just itch. I always noticed that. Uh, celery from a young age, um, which sucks because celery is so good for you and so delicious. But also along with that, um, my face, I've always had really bad acne. Um, and so a couple months ago, I decided to cut out certain things. I cut out beef completely. I did my hardest to limit the amount of dairy I was eating. Um, and for months, my face was wonderful. I was drinking more water, which also helped. Um, but also limiting how much bread I was eating. Um, and I saw a huge difference. And now that I'm on vacation right now, I've not <laughs> kept with my diet and I'm breaking out. And I can totally tell that I don't feel my up to a hundred percent. Um, and so, yeah, it's just how it goes. That's so interesting. So we've talked a lot about the power of plants and how your, your skin, especially as an elimination organ will tell you when it's unhappy with what's happening inside of you. Um, but I don't think that our society in general values that non-empirical data, right? That, uh, right. And, and I think people are kind of like me, like, I want to see it on a test. I want to know to what degree is it bothering me and let me know, you know, how much of it I can get away with kind of attitude, <laughs> yeah. which is terrible. I'm working on it, people. But um, I love that you are just able to say, you know what, maybe I should change this. And then you'll notice the results and say, oh, okay, well, yeah. now I know that that's the thing that was bothering me. That's pretty cool. No, I joked about you being so old, but do you mind sharing how young you really are? <laughs> I am 23 years old. <laughs> okay. And so I think that's also important because a lot of the people who uh, are part of our audience today are probably closer to my age, uh, maybe in their between, you know, 35 and 55, uh, working, um, maybe have a family. 
Um, but for a young person who's really interested in changing their health or changing what they eat in order to address their health, mm -hmm. again, I'm just really excited and proud of you <laughs> for coming to those conclusions without my prompting, without my coaching. So, Well, a lot of it also, I mean, if I start taking care of my body now and really treat it the way it deserves to be treated and fuel it the way it should be fueled, um, then it, I'll reap the benefits as I get older and you know, hopefully live a longer life. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I uh, am curious about, uh, because, you know, when I think about the Jealous Vegan and, and my partners in this business, uh, we're all at a stage in life where we are maybe not very sensitive to the price of things. So as a young person <laughs> who, who works in the food industry, right, um, how, how much are you driven by the cost of items when you go to the grocery store? Um, it, it, it's awful because like you said, I'm a young person. I work in an industry that when you first start out, you're not making a lot of money and right. it takes a while to build that up. Um, so certain things, uh, really bother me, like the price of vegan cheeses and vegan <gasps> butters, um, because those are things that you can keep in your house and kind of, you know, butter, especially you're cooking mm -hmm. with it all the time. Um, thankfully, there are places like Aldi where I'm able to get almond milk for really cheap as well as my produce, mm -hmm. um, and that's really helpful. But it's it's the more luxurious things uh, that are vegan products or mm -hmm. gluten-free products that I'm not so inclined to purchase, yeah. or if I do purchase, it's a splurge and it's very special to me. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely understand that because when I go to uh, Whole Foods or Mom's, um, and I love the fact that they have so many options that are alternatives to what's in the main, but I'm also conscious of the fact that it's usually a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. There are hardly ever any coupons, right. and it does not go on sale. So one of the things that we have been talking about doing is a segment related to um, like a $5 lunch. Hmm. Um, so stay tuned for yeah. some suggestions on how you can try to make those purchases last longer, or ways to maybe uh, cut through some of the expense um, to make like make your own cheeses, especially out of right, cashew milk yeah. and other items. But yeah, we we understand that it can be hard. But I think if you consider, do I spend the money now to take better care of my health versus spend the money later in doctor's bills and knee replacements and you know uh, taking care of whatever. Um, health-related issues uh, surface as a result of not caring for your body or listening to your body. Um, I think it's a wise investment. So Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So um, I'm interested also, I was at a restaurant uh, just today for uh, taking a client to lunch, and <laughs> you know, I, I asked for the gluten-sensitive menu, and we started talking about food allergies and um, how, how far the food industry has come in understanding the importance of keeping certain things separated in a kitchen or alerting people to the fact that there may be cross-contamination. So from the inside of working in a kitchen, and in fact, I'm sorry, before we talk about that, give me a little bit of, or the audience, a little bit of your experience uh, in this space. Okay. Uh, when I was 18 and I moved to D.C. to be with lovely Jennifer, <laughs> um, I started working at Chipotle, you know, just like a quick gig. 
Um, but I did end up learning some knife skills, very basic, but enough to spark my interest in wanting to learn more. And so in, uh, the next year, I started working at a bakery downtown, or not downtown, in D.C., right. um, called the Capital Sweet Hill. Lobby. Yeah, called the Sweet Lobby. And I was fortunate enough to be trained in some really fine pastry making skills, and it really intrigued me and wanted me to really stay in this industry. Um, and so I ended up moving back to Illinois, and uh, I started working on a food truck, so another adventure. And that was actually one of my favorites in terms of the work that we did because it's so fast-paced, but it's so manageable. It's it's not like a restaurant where you're stressed and getting yelled at. It's more like, you're on a truck, so have fun with it. <laughs> um, it's only busy when there's customers standing at the, at the entrance, right? Right. Um, and so after that, I... Um, Ended up working at my first real official restaurant. Um, and I was learning things, but it was kind of shortcutting. So it wasn't satisfying my uh, curiosity. And I ended up moving to another restaurant where I worked for almost two years. And it was a very Mexican kitchen in terms of the food that we cooked. But it was a kind of an American traditional restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, but I ended up learning so, so, so much. Um, I was a prep cook. And although working on the line is where you get to present the dishes, the prep cook is the base where you're prepping everything for them. You have to make sure that you have those 100 pounds of potatoes cut in the next hour or, you know. Um, and that was a lot of fun just learning how to how to cook for real. And so after that, I moved back to a bakery. I was a pastry chef, and I, I do enjoy pastries and baking, but I do love that high-paced food energy. Um, so now currently I'm back in a restaurant, and I'm working at a soul food place, which is kind of hard because mac and cheese and shrimp and grits and just all this good stuff. But Fried chicken. I'm, I'm actually hoping that I can experiment some soul food dishes that are vegan at my house using some of the things that I'm going to be learning now. So Very cool. Yeah. I love it. So I'm not sure that you know Lawrence Rassall, who's um, mm -hmm. working with us now. Um, his Instagram handle is News2DC, but I'll make sure uh, you get uh, connected with some of the things that he's doing because yeah. jointly we're developing a soul food tasting menu and a dinner that we're going to host here in the D.C. metro area. Uh, later in 2019. So, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, he might have some ideas he can already share with you um, <laughs> as you begin that part of your journey. So, when you're working in a kitchen and you get uh, notice that someone, at, <clears throat> excuse me, someone at a table has a food allergy, uh, how do you guys handle that, and what does it mean to the to the kitchen staff? Well, unfortunately, in the places that I've worked at, we didn't offer many options in terms of dietary needs. Mm -hmm. The town I live in is much smaller than D.C., so I feel as if... So on certain occasions, like graduation weekend, I, I live in the town where the U of I is, so... University of Illinois, University of Illinois. Champaign, Urbana. And um, on Mother's Weekend, Father's Weekend, and then graduation weekend, there are the three busiest weekends for all the restaurants in town. Mm -hmm. And on those weekends, we do offer, you know, a different menu where there's vegetarian options, um, and I know that if you have a gluten allergy, like we have corn tortillas mm -hmm. and other options like that, but unfortunately, um, there's not just a huge market for it where I'm at. And yeah. there's one vegan restaurant in town that 
it's awesome. I've tried it and everything, but it's only one, you know. Right. So you don't really have that options. Yeah. Those options. That's something I think we take for granted here in the DC metro. Um, and I know we've got um, listeners in major cities like New York and in other parts of the world, even where they, you know, they're it's it's pretty common to go somewhere and be able to say, hey, I need these alterations made or changes to a dish right. so that I can consume <laughs> it. Um, but I, I think we should probably dig in and and be. Uh, sensitive to the idea that some of our our listeners in places like where you live have to cook at home, that there just aren't options for going out and being able to have what they need to address their dietary needs. So it's kind of sad to hear. I I was vegetarian for a couple months, and even with that, I ate mostly at home because there's just not, yeah, I mean, you could ask for no meat and stuff, but then there's not, they're not really replacing that flavor with something that makes you like, oh, I really want this. Right, right. Yeah, that, I think that is the biggest thing, right? Is, so I think our brains want to replicate uh, a sensation or a flavor or a, a memory that's associated with some food item. And if we're not able to do that, then we're not as satisfied with that food, right. even if nutritionally, you know, it, we walk away feeling full. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's another thing that we try to do here is recognize that people are making a transition. And in that transition, there are going to be times when you need an alternative or a substitution to what is familiar, you know, like kind of your stomach muscle memory (laughs) and so or your taste bud muscle memory. And so there are some suggestions that that we can uh, share with you uh, and and others relative to being able to do that. But it it can be a struggle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So last night we had a a cheese taste (laughs) test in that vein. So one of the things that Melissa shared with me when she came was that she was interested in in, um, trying out some of the vegan cheeses. Uh, And she knew that that I I know, (laughs) you know, I got the skinny on all the vegan cheeses. So um, we did like a taste test. And uh, I think some of the brands that we sampled were Chow, Follow Your Heart, um, Daya, um, BioLife. BioLife, right? And so we've, we've got some images and links to different cheeses that we'll put in the show notes for not just this episode, but if you go back, I think it was episode seven, uh, which was substitutions and alternatives. Um, I may be wrong on the number, but uh, we definitely talked about some of the, the vegan cheeses and maybe we'll do an update to that so that people can hear more about some of our experience. But what, what did you find in our, our little same? Oh, we also tried Mayoko's. Yes, Mayoko's. The, uh, the cheese wheel, the cheddar, quote-unquote cheddar cheese wheel. Um, but what did you feel, like what was your experience just tasting all those different cheeses? Um, so I, I, have, I had to lower my expectations. Mm-hmm. This is not going to taste like the cheese that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I went in with an open mind. Um, there were some ones that I definitely didn't mind. There were some ones that I definitely would never eat again. And there was one that I fell in love with. Um, it was the Follow Your Heart Pepper Jack Slices. It was amazing. Um, and I'm sure that I will buy other than just that one. Right. Um, I definitely will have options. But I think just finding one vegan cheese I like, was that's all I need. I want at least one thing that I can take with me that, okay, yes, I could eat this. I can handle this and, you know, not break the bank for it. Right. right. Um, but 
I, I mean, they weren't all horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, before we did the taste test, we I had also made some quesadillas using a couple of the vegan cheeses. And the melt factor was important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they tasted like quesadillas on gluten-free tortillas, by the way, which actually worked out really well um, with spinach and mushrooms and, and onion that I had sauteed. So you're right. I think that we have to sometimes change our expectation for mm -hmm. how it's going to taste. Um, but then just also be open to... I'm not going to love everything that I that I got. Um, and so, again, I'm in a position where, you know, if I don't love it and I don't eat the $5 block of cheese, it, you know, it's not going to mean I'm going to miss my car payment. But, um, but I know that not everybody can do that. So we'll definitely make sure that we share our impressions of these cheeses so that maybe for everyone else there's a little less uh, trial and error associated yeah. with checking them out. Um, do you use like milk or cream and coffee or what are the other places where dairy is an issue for you? So for me, I've always been kind of, well, not always, but I like my coffee black. Mm -hmm. So that's never, that's not an issue. And so when I moved in with you, I started drinking almond milk and I never went back to milk. I was never a milk drinker. I watch my brother drink glasses of milk and I just look at him like, do you have taste buds? <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, the only dairy product that I hold on to is cheese. Yeah. Everything else I can let go. I don't, yeah, you know, milk is not my thing. Heavy cream, I mean, making Alfredo mm. kind of, it, it does it does make a difference because using a almond milk, it's not the same. You kind of have to use cornstarch and some other things to thicken it up. Yeah. Um, but cheese is the main one, you know. Yeah. It's, you go eat tacos at a Mexican restaurant and you want to order queso. It's just, yeah. you know, and so. <laughs> so I knew that you were going to talk. Um, you were you mentioned queso the other day and that's your big like cheese thing that you feel like you're missing. So I actually have a queso taste test for us to do tonight. Yay. So I have two different brands. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm sorry, I can only think of the name of one of them. So I'll wait until we post the show notes for this episode. But I've already tried both of them. Uh, and kind of like their mild nacho cheese. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's it's in the refrigerated section. And I had to go to two different stores to get it. But to get, you know, to have both of them. Um, but I figured we could just heat them both and kind of yeah. give you a blind taste test to see which one you like the best. Okay. I think you'll be surprised. That there actually are some products that, you know, kind of approach that yummy, gooey um, cheese experience that you you might be used to. I actually also I have not tried it, but I have two recipes in my journal that I for uh, vegan queso that I really oh, want to try. So yeah, and a lot of it um, you use nutritional yeast or mm -hmm. and then there's this ch vegan cheese flavoring that okay. uh, I heard of. I don't know the name of it either, but I'll show you later. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. Now, I mean, we we don't always like substitutions, right? Um, when I say we, I mean you know within the jealous vegan team. And I and I understand why, right? Because when you look at the ingredients on the back, uh, there are times when you can't pronounce all the all the words right. or they're not necessarily recognizable things. Um, and the idea of going plant-based or eating primarily plants is to be healthier. Right, no and, processed foods. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're replacing a an unhealthy food with a less poor unhealthy <laughs> substitute, I don't know that you're really doing yourself much of a right, favor. Yeah. Um, so, but again, I, I think it's important to remember that as people are making a transition, sometimes you just, 
you know, you just need that. You have a craving and you're like, I need to fulfill this, but how? Right, right. Or, you know, it's Super Bowl weekend and I want to have people over and I don't want them to feel like this is the weird, you know, quinoa house and nobody <laughs> wants to come to my Super Bowl party, right? And Only so I got tempeh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think there are, you know, it's good to know what's out there and, and to have an opportunity to sample some things and, you know, then decide only for special occasions or um, maybe once or twice a year right, or whatever, yeah. you know. So, yeah, we'll we'll let everybody know which queso Melissa likes the best. <laughs> I feel like you have an expert opinion since. I am a queso connoisseur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you think about the changes that you've made and how your body is responding, uh, what makes you feel like, yeah, this is definitely what I need to do, and I shouldn't go back to eating that other way. Um, weight loss necessarily isn't super important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not unhappy with my weight. Oh, sure, I would, you know, I could improve, but sure. I'm not at a place where I'm resenting my body. Um, but I did notice that I lost 10 pounds pretty quickly, which I've put back on since I've been on vacation. But <laughs> um, I was more energized. I woke I woke up feeling, you know, just like okay. I didn't need I don't I didn't need coffee or tea. Um, I was sleeping better on time. I felt more balanced in my emotions. Mm. Um, my anxiety was lower. And like I said, my face was clearing up, which was always a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. When you mentioned earlier that you had blood in your soul and you didn't know that that wasn't really normal. I, I mean, and, and not to pick at you, right? Um, I, of course, I'll take more liberties with you than I would with any other yeah. guest here in the studio. But um, why? Why didn't you? Why was that not alarming to you? Um, it wasn't alarming until there was one day that my stool was completely black, and there was way more blood than mm, ever. Okay. So it wasn't like a huge amount, you know. I didn't think that it would just, you know, when I would, you know wipe, I would notice there's blood. Okay. Um, and it, it just wasn't a lot. So I was like, maybe it's just like, I don't Hemorrhoids know. Yeah, something. something, you know, and I have really bad anxiety. So I was like, maybe I have an ulcer. But uh, it wasn't until there was a moment where I was like, I feel like I'm dying. I am mm. <laughs> upset. Uh, and I ended up going to a GI and talking to a doctor about it. But it wasn't until then that I was like, okay, Melissa, something's not right. Yeah. So you didn't feel like you needed to tell your mom or talk to your Auntie Jen? (laughs) Um, Your your Grandma Ellie, who is all about going to the bathroom and has no problem having those conversations. I wouldn't necessarily say I was embarrassed. I just didn't... I don't know. I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. And... It wasn't anything serious. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you (laughs) went and saw a professional. Yeah. And found out that that isn't normal. Nope. And that anytime our bodies are responding that way, we should listen very quickly. Definitely. Well, good. Anything else that you've discovered about yourself um, or the importance of food choices as you've been along this journey? Um. I love vegetables. I mean, I I spent so long eating so bad, you know, Wendy's four for four, like (laughs) (laughs) something easy, Jimmy John's every day, like, and then just cutting all that stuff out and realizing like vegetables are delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, I can eat like red peppers are my favorite thing in the world. Um, So just realizing that 
And, and not just that, like as, as you go cutting out things out of your diet, you realize you kind of stop craving them. You know, you walk into a place and you smell French fries and you're just like, mm, I don't really want that. And for me, at least, it got easier with time to yeah. recognize that that's not really something I want to put in my body and I'm not going to feel good after it. Mm-hmm. Um, so no more four for fours. <laughs> What's your favorite vegetable to make at home? I made it for you guys. I love buffalo cauliflower. Yes. It's my favorite. I feel like I fell down on the job by not taking pictures as <laughs> you dredged it in our gluten-free batter um, with almond milk and um, put them on the cheap pan and, you know, they cooked and then we dressed them with buffalo sauce. Right. And we actually had a party where we served them and I feel like it was probably the hit of the party, <laughs> though it was not a... A plant-based dinner, right? I mean, we had vegetables, other vegetables, which people enjoyed, but we also had some seafood um, just because I didn't want, like, an angry mob on my hands. (laughs) And I live in Illinois, so it was nice to have fresh seafood that didn't taste like water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we could help out. Um, But, yeah, everybody loved those buffalo cauliflower bites. Um, In fact, uh, two of the guys that were here were like, how do I get the recipe? Yeah, Yeah, so um, that's good to hear. What's a vegetable that you either are afraid to try or don't feel like you prepare very easily? Um, I guess I wouldn't even say a vegetable. I would say chickpeas. Mm. Um, I am not the biggest fan of them, and so I stray away from using them, but they're kind of essential. I mean, you can do a lot with them. You can make them crispy. You know, you can do a lot with them. I've even had chocolate-covered chickpeas, which Mm. weren't bad. Um, So for me, it's just I haven't prepared them and I when I see a recipe I'm like I'm not gonna make that it's got chickpeas in it Um, but I want to get better at learning how to cook them right and enjoying them for what they are because they have a lot of value to them yeah yeah good fiber as well as protein Mm -hmm. do you like hummus or do you eat hummus it depends. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, I actually had baba, is it baba ganoush, mm-hmm. the made with eggplants, mm-hmm. right? And I, I didn't mind that. It was better. Um, your jalapeno hummus is really good, but I love jalapenos and spicy things. So. Yes. She's talking about the perfect pita jalapeno hummus, which I feel like I could just drink. And everybody I turn that turn on to that stuff feels exactly the same way. And like, that how do stuff, I get more of this? I really enjoyed. But this, like, just regular hummus, yeah. uh, not my favorite thing. Yeah. I think it's the fact that it's creamy more like a dip than, like, a traditional hummus. Yeah. Now, I love hummus. I'll, you know, any Mediterranean restaurant I go to, I'll get hummus. Yeah. But I, I do feel like the, the perfect pita's... The consistency is spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my friend from Austin was here. I remember Keisha. She came to visit me, and she had it. And she was like, okay, how do I how do I get this back home? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they don't serve it. They don't sell it out where you live. Um, so that's the other thing is some great things are very regional. Yeah. And until they decide they're going to ship, you know, across the country, it's it can be difficult to put your hands on it. But you can always try making your own. I mean, as a cook, that's my thing. It's like I'll find something. And I'm like, I can do this, you yeah. know. So I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, yeah, for, for sharing your experience. Me. It was good to get a chance to dig in on some of the things that you've discovered, and hopefully. Um, just like we're doing, you're able to help others uh, with the information that you have and the experiences that you um, go through to find what's the right balance for your body. Yeah. 